You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. And that's Mary. Join us as we focus the spotlight back on the theater maker to uncover their process. We speak with folks in the industry that often aren't heard from. Such as stage managers, producers, crew members, marketing professionals. And everything in between. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Michelle West. I am currently a swing in Tina, the Tina Turner musical on Broadway, and I'm also a fitness coach and nutrition coach. Hi, Michelle. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. How are you, Miss Mary? Good. On your day off. Thank you for joining us today. And actually, it's not even your day off fully, I'm sure. I'm sure you've got other work you got going on besides just the swing life. That's very true. <laughs> I guess just like for a little background for our listeners. So, uh, Michelle and I went to high school together, and I even have some really, <laughs> really, really great memories of dance class with you. I don't know if you remember that, but Girl, from remember. like babies. <laughs> I remember, definitely. Maybe yeah. not everything that you remember, but I remember. Oh, no, I don't remember a lot. I mean, I think I, I think I repressed a lot of high school, if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> but yeah, no, I do remember those those fun moments. Um and actually, I do. Want, I really, really wanted to bring this article um, to have it so we could put it on our show notes. And I'll keep looking, but I wasn't able to find it while preparing for this interview. But I just need everyone listening to know that Michelle is one of like the hardest working people that I know. And not just like within the industry. I just mean like period, like point blank. And there was an interview that you did like a million years ago now with a dance magazine where you were talking about your journey post um, graduation at Temple and the journey, the quite literal journey you had to take every day from Delaware on the bus to New York, sitting in those open call lines, which I'm sure were, I can't even imagine when people talk about open call like lines, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I can't, I visual, like I cannot visualize it. Um, but then I mean, getting people on that, are, people that are bus, begging for them again now. That's very true. It's like so, such a different time. That's yeah. crazy. Oh, I can't imagine. But then getting on that bus and turning right back around and doing the same thing every day. So like, I know so many people out there that that, that say this about you, but it is so true that you are just like one of the hardest working people. And I am so excited to share a little bit about your process and your story to, with us today. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That was with that was uh, with Answers for Dancers that I did that. Uh, it was? Okay, okay. I did that see that article and I was reading it, but for some reason it just wasn't. I'll go back and I'll look at it again. Answers yeah. for Dancers. Answers for Dancers. That was that was a while ago. And that was like in the beginning of my journey. But that yeah. is definitely something that I always try to 
at least let dancers or performers know that, you know, a lot of people come up to me with a lot of questions about how I got started in the industry or how I, you know, felt like I could just dive in so quickly. And honestly, like I would just look up all the the auditions and I went to the auditions. (laughs) Like it wasn't like I had knew something different than anybody else. Everything that was there was public knowledge. You know, I just looked on playbill.com. I looked at the auditions. I had a headshot that I took in my backyard. My mom took it for me. And I took the bus to New York City and was there every single day at 6 a.m. in the morning and went to these calls. I wonder if people who are starting out, maybe I don't know if you ever felt this way or if you knew anyone that felt this way that just felt like there was like a like a secret that they weren't in on and like how to be successful or how to get to that point. And you're just saying it's just it is what it is. You have to just get there. You have to do the work and you just have to physically get there. You have to get in. You have to dive in first. And I always tell people that auditioning is a skill. It's before you get the job, you have to learn how to audition. And the only way to learn how to audition, well, in that time was to go to the calls. (laughs) So I was... I could ask my friends all day long, all the people that I was around, like how it works, but you don't really know how it works unless you're in it. So they said the same thing to me. They said, go to New York and go try. And that's exactly what I did. And then I got better and better at auditions. And then I started booking and now I don't really go to auditions anymore, which is a blessing. (laughs) You know, I do still audition, but it's not the same as how I used to audition 10 years ago, you know? Right. So take us back to, is Aladdin the first, the tour of Aladdin, the first big production that you were a part of? Technically, yes, as far as the contract is concerned. That was the my first production, to, uh, production contract that I've ever, that I did. Can you tell us the years you were on it, just for some perspective? Yeah, I was a part of the original company. So I started in 2017, February, and then we ended right before COVID hit. So March, 2020. You guys were cut short because of the pandemic, right? Correct. And we had already had a closing date for Aladdin because the whole plan was to make the tour smaller. So we were supposed to end April 26, 2020, and we closed March 2020. So we only had six weeks left of tour before COVID hit. So we already knew that that was happening. But they just announced last week that Aladdin is going back on tour. Um, I will not be joining the company. (laughs) I will not be on that tour. But um, a lot of friends have been reaching out to me about, you know, what they think, um, you know, just getting my advice about like, do they, do I think that they're good enough to do the tour? And I'm like, you got to just go audition because you never know. <laughs> I feel like I remember hearing your story with getting into Aladdin was like kind of fun and unique. I mean, it was literally a story of like how like, people you know and like your your work ethic and your personality and just like your kindness and your presence in the space because you were working on the prom, right, out of town yes. with yes. Casey. yes. Well, I want to know, and all of our listeners, I'm sure, would love to know, how did it happen? So this is where I said, like, I don't have to audition as much anymore. This is kind of like a story of that. So um, I auditioned for The Prom, and this was 2016. And I kind of got into that call last minute. One of their girls uh, did not sign to go on to do the out-of-town run. My agent got me an appointment. I went, I auditioned for it. And I remember I was going to Nashville, Tennessee with my mom just to like hang out with my mom at Nashville. She wanted a friend to go with and I was like, I'll go. So 
I got the audition right before the day before we were about to leave. And I was like, okay, the audition is tomorrow. So I told my mom, I was like, I, I got to stay for this call because Casey's going to be in the room. I got to go. And she was like, okay, no problem. I'll go the first day and meet me the next day after you're done. I was like, cool, not a problem. So I went into the call, was in front of Casey, did my dancing, did my singing. Next day, I got on a plane to go because I didn't have, there was no callback after that. And then when I got off the plane, I got an offer to do prom. So I was like, okay, well, prom is happening. And then me and my mom were celebrating in Nashville, which was awesome. And then I did prom, which was in uh, at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. I did the whole um, first, I guess you could say, first part of that process because that was they didn't go to Broadway until two years after we did the out-of-town run. So it took a long time for them to go to Broadway. Um, and when I did prom... Actually, I remember that this is a crazy story, but we went to the pool one day. It was our day off. We went to the pool because it was like, oh, let's, it's hot. Let's go swimming. Casey was there. Angie Schwar was there. Angie works on a lot of Casey's projects. She was in Broadway uh, prom. And she literally looked at me and was like, Casey, don't you think that Michelle would be good for Aladdin? Mind you, I didn't even know that Aladdin tour was going out or anything. She just said it. And Casey was like, yeah, I actually think she'd be really good for it. So after that, Casey was like, send me your headshot and resume. Great. Awesome. Sent in my headshot and resume. I didn't need to go through with my agent or anything. I literally got a call the next week was like, Disney's flying you to New York so you can go and audition. So I got, I flew, they flew me to New York. I auditioned. I saw a couple of people there that was like some of my homies in the audition world I went in I didn't have to dance because I was already dancing a lot in prom they just wanted to hear me sing I went back to Atlanta that next week I got a call saying that I booked Aladdin tour so I was in the middle of prom almost we were almost finished like we were in performances in the middle of prom when I got the offer for Aladdin so I really didn't have to audition like how every like you asked this to one of my other castmates they went through 12 rounds of auditions for this show you asked me I got flown in by Disney sang a song flown back and I got an offer so there was really no audition process for I mean, how long was your run at, at, in Atlanta? I mean, three, three months. Yeah, I mean, so you kind of you, you could have you could argue that you were auditioning for you know three plus months too. So I mean, that that's exactly what I always tell people. That is like my your job currently is your audition for your next job because that same person or people that you're working with, especially if you know that they're well known in the business, aka Casey Nicola is always working on things you know that he's going to be doing stuff in the future. There's no stopping that man. <laughs> he's, he just got finished doing two workshops back to back that a couple of my friends from Tina just got finished doing. Yeah, it was just like, all right, he knew my worth that work ethic. He knew how I, how I was. I, was sh- I showed up one time. I did my job. I was kind. I was a good person. And then I was able, he said that I was right for the show and he, you know, picked me and there was two other girls who actually joined Aladdin as well. So we were finished at prom. I had a little bit of a break there. I went to go do Wizard of Oz at Walnut Street Theater in Philadelphia. And so I had already knew that I had Aladdin. So I was just filling in that little gap. I went to go do that show. And actually I got that show 
from Glenn Casal, who I worked with at Sacramento Music Circus. I didn't audition for the for Wizard of Oz at all. I just asked him if I could do it. He said yes, and I came into that show, did that show, and then right after that, I was on tour with Aladdin. So that was like a like two shows back to back that I didn't audition for. And so once you embark on this tour, first of all, was this a tour that did a lot of sit downs or was it week to week? We had a lot of sit downs. Like it was, we got spoiled. Some, some good chunks of time. Oh yeah. I was in Chicago for six months. I was in LA for four months. Oh wow. I was in, all of my sit downs were like over four to six weeks. Like that doesn't happen anymore. And is that, was that the whole three years? Yes. Wow, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So how do you just adjust your life? How do you prepare your life to go out on tour? I was actually already used to tour because I had been on two tours prior uh, than Aladdin. So my first tour that I went on was Sid the Science Kid Live. And that was a bus and truck. (laughs) Actually, I wouldn't even call it bus and truck. That was like a minivan tour. (laughs) (laughs) Like it wasn't even bus and truck. We had no truck. Um, it was throw all the stuff in the van, drive yourself, let's go. Get but your clothes, actually, get your own yes, clothes. <laughs> that's what it was. Um, so started from the bottom, now we here situation. Um, that was that. And then my second tour that I did um, was Memphis the Musical. And that's where I met my husband. Um, and Memphis, that was, we were, there was no really sit downs. I mean, the longest sit down we had on that tour was a week. And that was surprising in itself. So um, we were continuously moving. So I had already known about tour life and how tour life worked before I went on the Aladdin tour. The one thing that I will say is different about the Aladdin tour is that it was beautiful to have the sit downs and I had an opportunity to be able to do more like Airbnbs or sit down with people that I knew in the cities and I could like be their roommate for a little bit to save an extra dollar or so, you know, Um, that was a little bit different. Um, But as far as tour life, like (laughs) I remember all of my girlfriends on Aladdin would have like three huge suitcases, their trunks and stuff like that. They're like, we're on tour. And I had one bag, one bag and one little bag. And I was like, tour. (laughs) They were all like, how are you, you know, carrying all your clothes in those two bags? I'm like, I've done tour three times. I already know how this works. I don't like stuff. (laughs) Oh, I believe you. Every time I've moved in my life, I've moved so many times. And every time I just like downsize, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Oh yeah, no, we I did not play that game. So I already <laughs> kind of knew how tour life worked. And man, I tell you, you don't really learn how tour actually works until you're on those non-union tours and you're doing it all yourself. Like Aladdin was like, okay, this is luxury. <laughs> how do you keep saying yes to staying on the tour? I'm sure the money's great. I'm sure the stability, I'm sure the work is great. But three years is a long time to be away from New York, to be away from the audition scene, keeping your career going into a different direction. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing for three years. Um, And like, luckily, I mean, not luckily, but like the pandemic was coming anyways. And like, it didn't matter in the end. How do you just keep saying yes to staying on tour? Each ensemble member has signs a six month contract. So if you decide to be on tour, unless something is bigger or you decide to leave after your six months, then you are tied down for your six months. So I don't know about you, but six months goes by really, really fast on tour. Like even if you don't want to say it, like six months flies. So 
after your first six months, you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll do another six months if I don't have anything <laughs> lined up. Um, I will say I, my agent still worked for me when I was on tour. So if I had auditions, I still did self tapes and auditions. If I needed to fly back, I've flown back for a Tina Turner audition. And now I'm in Tina. So I did that. I didn't get it when I was on the road, but I still flew in for an audition for Tina. Um, I would say that, oh, my first year and a half, that was when I was still seeing my partner. We were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. And we were like, you know, he's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. Let's go on tour, do the, you know, do separate things. But I will say that after a year and a half, at that year and a half point, we knew that I was going to be in Arizona. That's where my husband's family is from. So there was a potential for Matt to be able to join the tour with me before Arizona, but we didn't know yet. So once we, right before Arizona, I think we were in Boston, and he can correct me if I'm wrong because he probably listened to me right now. <laughs> um, Boston was when we got, right before Boston is when we got the okay that Matt was going to join the tour officially. Our drummer stayed and joined percussion. Our percussionist left and my husband was now the drummer on the tour. So then we were like, okay, well, if my husband is joining the tour with me, that means two salaries and two per diem, we gonna stay on this tour. <laughs> so and it, totally it wasn't helps as the relationship hard. develop too. We were together. How does that work? I mean, without getting too personal, can I ask like how touring affects like your relationships, you know, family, friends, partner? Yeah, I mean, the being on tour specifically, like we did get to go to the cities where my family was. So we played Philadelphia, which my entire family came to see me in Philadelphia. And then my husband side of the family all got to see me in Arizona. Thankfully, he was on the tour at that point because then all of the family got to see him in Aladdin, hear him in Aladdin on the tour. So it was, it just ended up working out that we are both working together and we were like, this is a perfect setup for us to be able to continue this so that we can buy a house when we go back to New York when we're ready, you know, financially, it just makes the most sense. Um, but for our relationship, our relationship, I feel like got grew through the tour because we were able to work together and um, able to build a foundation together on tour. Um, especially after being apart for so long. I remind, I remind you, I've been on one tour and I was doing other regional gigs while we were together. So I've been with Matt for seven years. Five of those seven years, we have usually been doing a long distance relationship. So it's nice to, it was nice to be able to be like, oh, finally, we're working together. We're traveling and together. Paid to do it. We're getting paid to do it together. Like, it makes sense. So let's just keep it. And Matt is, that it's what he does. He's a, he's a, the, he's a drummer. He's a theater drummer. So he's doing what he loves. So it was great. Um, but as far as like family outside, like you don't really get to see your family as much. Like once you're tied down to tour, it's very, very hard to get away from that time unless you're taking a vacation and, most of the time, people don't go and take vacations to their family. They take vacations away. 
I thought you were gonna say they don't take vacation. I'm like, why? No, people take vacation, and <laughs> if you not don't take your vacation, you're crazy. Like I, I would advise everyone to use their vacations. You need it. Take your vacation. It's there for a reason. Um, but no, they, most of the people are not really taking vacation to visit family. Most of the time, family comes and visits the tour. So we had multiple times where my parents, my parents came out and visit me in sh- Chicago. I, my parents, then I was in Philly. So my f- parents were there. I saw them in a, Matt's parents came to see us in San Francisco because it was close to Arizona. We saw everybody in Arizona. So there were multiple times that we like saw them on the tour. My parents moved to Florida we're moving to Florida at the same time that I was on tour with Aladdin and we were ending like in that Florida region. So I got to be with my parents in Florida and then Matt's parents came to Florida and we all were in Florida. So there was times that I saw, there was plenty of times that I saw my family, enough times that I saw my family. Oh, that's, that's lucky. That's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. I want to kind of pivot a little bit because you went from obviously touring with Aladdin to the pandemic hitting, but then you got to make your Broadway debut coming out of the pandemic this year. Yes. Um, or I guess technically it was, was it this year or was it technically last year? Uh, this year. This year. Well, okay. Okay. Yes. I officially made, oh my gosh, when did I make my Broadway debut? In December? I think it was December. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right after. It was right after Adrian left. I think. Right. September, October. I'm pretty sure that I went. <laughs> what on. is time? What is I know, time? right? I don't remember. Like I've been with the company. I've been with the company now for four months. We'll get the date so, tattooed. Okay. I know, right? Like I don't remember. Like oh my gosh, when was that? So what are the roles you cover in Tina right now? I cover seven roles. I'm a swing in the show. So all of the female ensemble members are female identifying characters in the show. And um, specifically, I cover, because Tina is race specific for the cast members, I cover all of the African-American women in the show. And have you gone on for all of them yet? I've gone on for five. Wow. And I I feel uh, you've gone on so much recently, too. I feel like I'm... (laughs) Like, were you expecting that? I mean, coming Pan- out when of the, the pandemic? Yeah, when, when once every all the theaters were, all the um, people were getting hit with COVID, I knew I was going on. Like, it was no ands, ifs, or buts about that. But this past week actually has been my chillest week. I haven't been on this week, which was like, oh my gosh, I was only on one time. That was crazy. But I'm scheduled on next week, so I, it's back to work. Because <laughs> I was going to ask you, we haven't... I think we've only had like one other swing on and that was like very early on. It was mm-hmm. just, like two or th- two or three years ago now. But I'm curious because of your experience with going on so frequently, do you feel like you, and I know you have like rehearsals weekly, of course. Um, <laughs> um, you love that. It seems like. <laughs> rehearsal but d- all the time. I'm sure. So like, is there never, I guess you're never concerned about like having all of those tracks like in your brain. Is there anything I'm- that you're doing? To like oh, help that? everything is being written down. Everything mm. is recorded. Everything is like in my phone. I go onto my notes. If there is a track that I forget, I go into my notes and I look at it before I go on and make sure that I know what my track is. So stage manager calls you. What's the first yep. thing you're going to do if they tell you you're on for track two? And the first thing I'm going to do is go over the vocal tracks. <laughs> that, that, that's the first thing I'll go over vocally because specifically in Tina, um, all of the iCats that go on, there's a lot of like three-part harmonies that we have to sing. So whatever track is out is the harmony that you need to be able to sing when you go on. So it's not like any, it's not like other shows where you can just be like, oh, I'm falling into the soprano line or I'm falling into the alto line. 
No, you either sing top, middle, or bottom. And if you don't sing it, you know that someone is not right. And it's probably the swing. (laughs) Because, you know, it's like we don't do it every day. So we have to make sure that we're on. So that's the first thing that I do is make sure that I sing through or go through the track vocally of what I need to make sure that I'm on. And then I will go through my tracking sheet and make sure that, okay, act one, I get this part. Um, I come on from stage left. I'm on from stage right. This time I'm getting on this costume to go from here. So that's the stuff that kind of like goes through my brain before. And I'm guessing with like as an ensemble track, it's not like you have a dresser there to help you um, walk you through everything the way that like a, if a principal was going on, they would we have. We technically do. You have we like, do. but it's they cover all the ensemble, right? Yes. It's not like one specific. It's not like somebody's babysitting you that night. Yeah, no. Yeah, but I'm sure. You but guys they are will all, say like backstage. Nice. If I was like looking around, like, oh, do I get my wig on this side or that side? They'll be like that side. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> so it's like little stuff like that that uh, we still make sure that we're good on. <laughs> That's nice. I'm sure that has like a built-in support system because I'm sure they everyone knows. You know what I mean? Exactly. Even if you've been a swing in your career or you have not, whether that's a performer swing or a, a crew swing, mm-hmm. everyone understands. Absolutely. Absolutely. They know you haven't been on it for that track in forever. So they'll be like, other side. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that you learn your – because this was your first time as a swing? Like Broadway yes. or not Broadway, right? Okay. So did you – were you expecting to learn the tracks by like doing them or are you more of like a visual learner? Like you're able to just watch from the sidelines and kind of gather everything you need. Watching the show and seeing where that person goes on and off is very, very helpful. Like they always suggest doing that first. Um, And then you have to shadow the person right before you go on. So um, there's two more tracks that I need to shadow before um, I do them or it would be it would be beneficial to me like it's not like I have to but it would be beneficial but I will say that it's it's better for me to physically go through it go through the show or go through the track before I go on because then once you have it physically in your body it's easier to like then go on and fall into the track now you were pretty lucky having that rehearsal period of Broadway's return Yes. It's not like you just replaced into a swing role and had to do your own rehearsal process. You got to watch everybody else go back into rehearsal. I did. I was I was in the rehearsal room the last week that Tina was in rehearsals at New 42. So I was in rehearsals at the same time as them. When did you book it? At what point did you know you were going to go in? There was a Friday in September. My first day was September tw- my first day was September 27th. So I booked it on a Friday and I was in the room in rehearsal on a Monday. Wow. Very fast. Literally. They were like, "Can you do it or no?" <laughs> You were like, absolutely. I was like, sure. Sounds great. This is interesting. I don't know if we're ready to pivot to this fully yet, but during the pandemic, I mean, obviously you you wrapped with Aladdin, but then, and you were starting to to work out a bunch. I remember seeing on tour, but you Mm -hmm. really took the pandemic as the opportunity to pivot like so many of us did in, but into a fitness business now Mm -hmm. or fitness empire, as I like to say. That's where (laughs) I definitely see you headed. I mean, I see it. I see it for you. Um, and you really fully embraced. I mean, I remember when you announced you were getting certified as a personal trainer. Um, but could you talk to us about that pivot? And like, were you really like ready when the Broadway debut came knocking? Like, was that something that you were like, yes? Or were you like actually hesitating? Oh, no, I was ready for the Broadway debut for sure. Like, I was definitely like, 
once Broadway comes back, then I will definitely take a break from PT, um, which I was working at a big box gym. I was working at 24 hour fitness um, after I got my certification. So right after I got my cert, I started working there um, and doing one-on-one personal training was good. I had some really good clients that I liked working with, but it definitely like was not my passion. Like it wasn't like something that I was like, I'm going to do this forever. I was like, yeah, this is okay. (laughs) So, um, once I got goddess, this was like, actually, I actually ended up leaving personal training early because I started seeing audition comes back, coming back. And I was just being smart. And I told them, I told my bosses at 24, like once I start seeing this, I'm leaving. And they were, honestly, it came back faster than what we, anybody was really expecting, to be honest. Like, I was just like, oh, well, auditions are coming back. I'll see you guys later. And they were like, no, don't leave. Um, So honestly, that was the best move for me because I took a, it was two weeks maybe that I was like free. And then right after that two weeks, that's when I booked Goddess and I was back in the room doing Goddess for four weeks. And Goddess was, was a workshop, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I did that workshop. It was excellent. And then, so I was kind of seeing where I fit in the fitness world versus where I wanted to be in theater. And now I'm kind of figuring that out more now that I like being the online fitness coach. I like doing the coaching side. I like being on the nutrition side to help people in that way. And also I'm able to balance my business while being a swing on Broadway because doing two things can be a lot. But I do have some time to be able to dedicate when I'm not on to the business, which is great. So um, also, I'm like filming YouTube content. I'm making sure that I'm, you know, staying on top of all of those things while I'm doing Broadway at the same time. So, and I'm, we're gonna link the, your YouTube channel in our show notes because the videos that I mean, I'm very biased, but like, <laughs> but like, because Matt, Matt, like, films and edits all of your videos, right? Yep. So, so we we both did kind of a pivot during the pandemic because my husband learned how to do all of that filming and editing during the during the pandemic wow oh i thought he already knew how, oh i didn't realize that it was that he self-taught during the pandemic self-taught wow i mean then it kind of worked out because then you got to do it for your wedding <laughs> yep and then we got married on zoom and then my husband did all the production kind. with like a 15 camera that was impressive so thanks <laughs> It was wild. It ended up working out, but he's so like attentive to that stuff. Like he's still on top of it. He's a, he's such a student. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, like he loves to learn new things. So he's great. And now we're able to work as a team on our YouTube channel and, you know, build that. And also he helps me with my, with the business side of my, um, fitness business as well so it's great we it's great to work with as a team together i feel like you're able to like balance like i'm curious as to how you balance everything that you have going on now that like you're on broadway and it's running and it hasn't mm-hmm. been like shutting down or anything thank goodness um i mean it's definitely nice to have the like the digital online aspects you're not having to go meet anyone in person there is definitely some flexibility and but i'm sure that you're like in your dressing room like 
building out like workout plans or like you know doing, planning out videos or whatever it is is that is that what it's like for you absolutely okay absolutely okay. and i also like make sure that i'm on a schedule and a lot of people don't keep schedules but i am scheduled down okay like i am okay looking at my schedule and my theater schedule i'm like okay i got this 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 and this or the um today i can work on making some scripts for youtube next day okay i got rehearsal during the day i, I got client check-ins on Monday. Okay, make sure. So I'm like, everything is written down, making sure that I have a schedule, making sure that I'm on top of it and giving myself a day off. Then my Mondays, I actually am working because like the, those are my check-in days with my clients. So I'm making sure that I'm like on for them, giving them the guidance, checking in with them every single week. And yeah, it's it's going great so far. Everything's going great so far. We're going to knock on wood that I <laughs> right have into the, the universe. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's working out. But you're working actually on your day off, like on your like Broadway day off, like you are still like hustling. So do you like what how do you find or where do you find the time to like do you actually get like a full day off of everything? Uh, technically no, because if I call Sundays, my day off Sunday is like, to be honest, I'm really net rarely on, on Sundays. Those are usually a day that I'm like, not on, on the show, knock on wood. <laughs> um, so I will do client stuff during the show. And then after the show, I'm like, shut down. Okay. Turn off the computer. This is my time to like, hang out with my husband, hang out with my dog do the things and then monday it's like okay here we go back into the week so i would say i give myself like a half day off but that's what you i mean it's okay like that's kind of i enjoy what i do so it doesn't feel like oh my god this is work it doesn't feel feel tedious to me i really enjoy the uh giving people knowledge i really enjoy helping people so i don't really take it as like a oh my gosh i'm like on the computer every single day i just take it as like oh i just got to check in with my clients today and that's cool does one feed the other yes for sure i feel as though that i felt the strongest in my career with having this on the side if that makes sense like there's there's another purpose there's another thing that's keeping me or driving me um instead of just Broadway instead of just oh my god like thinking about the next job or thinking about the next audition that I have to go to it's crazy uh, to say but like I don't stress about that stuff anymore because I'm thinking about how I'm going to build my business and I think it's important to have something that you feel strongly about and care about a lot that's other than performing when this sh when the show closes and it's inevitable. We have to be realistic that I don't have any control over Tina Turner the musical. The producers do. So any day, I don't care what nobody says. I don't care what my stage manager says. I don't care what my company manager says. If a producer comes in and says, your show is closed, guess what? You won't got a paycheck the next day. Your show is closed. So that is something that I'm just like, okay, well, my show's closed. Now I don't feel stressed about that because guess what? I have something that's my own that I created on my own throughout this pandemic. And I'm also creating it while I'm doing this job at the same time. So I guess there is kind of a security regardless if it's like, oh, making the same exact paycheck that I was on Broadway or whatever. I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about, you know, making sure that I have something that I can call my own that I can fall back on. And that I'm not stressed about, oh, my God, I got to find the next audition. I got to find the next thing. I was doing that all in my 20s. <laughs> I don't need to do that no more. 
Uh, those days are I feel over. this. I feel this so much. So much. Oh my God. Cause why <laughs> stress about it no more? Like yeah. I just can't. And also I've put myself in the positions, all of the work that I've done and all of the things that you've seen me do throughout my twenties, these, uh, all those articles, all that stuff that all these are casting agents, all of these people that I've put myself in the room for, I did that for a reason so that I don't have to stress about that 10 years later, you know? So it's like now when I, when my agents put me in the room or like put submit me to stuff, guess what the casting agents say? Oh yeah, we'll let Michelle come in because she's great. We love working with her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the that's what I want from people. And you know, that's what I've created over these past 10 years in this business. So why do I need to worry about that anymore? There's no need to worry. Telsey knows my name. Stuart Whitley knows my name. Any casting agent knows who I am. They know what I do well. They call me in. And if I'm right for the job, I'm right for it. If I'm not, I'm not. Guess what? They'll call me in for the next one. Don't have to struggle. <laughs> I thoroughly love everything you were just saying. And as you were talking, I was like, you, I mean, you've always been this way to me of just like being confident and being so sure of who you are, no matter, I mean, maybe that's how you were presenting yourself. So whether you felt like that or not your entire life, since I've known you since we were kids or not. But so where, where does that come from? Like, how do you stay so grounded, but yet you're so certain of like what you bring to the table and you know that if it's not right, it's not right. Cause like, I've, I've definitely like, when I was younger, I definitely struggled with that. I'm sure many of our listeners, maybe you have even too, but like, I'm curious as to like where that came from for you I, I have um I definitely would say like coming back into the business at the first time was definitely like who am I what am I doing what I'm, I'm discovering myself I have to discover what this world is because I didn't come from a musical theater background I didn't go to a I didn't go to college for musical theater I went to college for dance I was doing modern dance rolling on the floor like that's what I was doing like <laughs> let's just be honest that's what I was doing so I, I was I still rolling on the floor going to school for acting so you know what I mean like we was we was doing all the different stuff so I was like okay so like that's I had to learn all of that stuff by myself um and then coming into the business I think that I was a little bit trying to like be something that I'm not and then once I discover discover that no just be Michelle just be you that's when everything turned around and I was like all right I'm gonna just be who I am I'm gonna just go in a room and present me there's no other Michelle West, so let's just be Michelle West. And that's when I started booking jobs. <laughs> that's when I started getting gigs. Um, and I will say that being a Black woman, being an African-American woman, there's a difference between the, you know, the fight that you have to go through versus being 10 years ago, there was a fight <laughs> like being in this business. Like there, I was literally the only black girl out of like maybe two black girls in the room fighting for the one spot. And we, me and the black girl will look at each other and be like, it's either me or you. Cause there's no other room for us in this. Okay. So when I talk to a lot of my, you know, colleagues, you know, Caucasian or white colleagues that are, you know, who think about, oh, well, I just have to be this. I have to be this. I can't think about, I can't think about just being myself because I'm always just trying to fight to be in the room. I'm like, what if you never had the opportunity to ever think about like, if you were going to get this spot or not, because you always had the opportunity that you were going to get this spot because there's 10 spots for you. Me, 
I have to fight <laughs> every single time because I know most of the time out of a hundred auditions that I go to, I'm going to get one. Yes. One. And it has nothing to do with my talent. It has everything to do with my race and who they want to hire at that one time. So to me, the adversity that I've gone through in this business has put me in the space to be like, I've already dealt with this. I already know the no's are going to come. I already know how it's going to be like, you know? So now it's a time where more black people are being represented on Broadway. More people, you know, I've always had, I've just, I've had to be myself. So what's the, di- what's the difference between then being yourself then and being yourself now? Now I'm actually being myself and actually getting into the room and actually getting the call and actually getting 99 yeses out of one no. That's very different than what 10 years ago was bringing. <laughs> so why do I need to fight? There's no, there's no reason for me to fight about that no more. I know what I give. I know what I bring. That's the adversity I had to go through. There's, it's great. Like live my life. And if the pendulum swings the other way again, which it will, (laughs) let's be honest, it probably will. That's fine because it's there. It's that time. It's that time for those, uh, you know, whomever that time is for. Okay. Let them have it. That's fine. It's not mine. It's the producers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not based yeah. off of me. Right. Why do I? I can't. I don't have the power to be able yeah, to yeah. Like make, re- make relinquishing the pendulum swing. Your, yeah, relinquishing, like, the control. You you just, you're doing your thing. And it's not up to you. No. It's not up to you. <laughs> no. This is, it's not up to me. And that's every, that's so many jobs. It's, it's not even just a theater related thing, you know? No, this There's is everything. There's so much that's not up to you. It's not up to me. Mm. Well, that's why you got to start your own business. Guess what's up to me? <laughs> yep. Guess what's up to me? Your yep. own business. Shelly your, West. Your empire. Fitness coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's mine. Ugh, I love you that. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I don't know if it's just my, like, my bubble currently, but I feel like so many people that I know are talking about the, like, looking at the passive income coming out of the pandemic of like not just like having to hustle 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 all the time like yes that's important but trying to first of all diversify your income for what you were saying earlier michelle of like you don't know what like what's going to happen you don't know when the shoe is going to drop so you might as well diversify your income now so you're prepared for that you know rainy day or whatever you want to call it and again that's not just theater too. So I love I <laughs> right. love when we talk about things that are just not not I just theater centric. Yeah, that are like real life things. People don't, you know, they're like, oh, that's an artist problem. That's like a mm-hmm. theater, like that's the life you chose. And it's like your industry can also, you mm-hmm. know, you can also benefit from hearing these things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's what I think about. And I'm just very proud of myself and I'm proud of other artists who are not having to feel like they have to do the hustle anymore or like fight, 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 fight. Okay. I can understand, you know, like I'm in the room with Tina with, you know, some 27 year olds who are like, Oh my God, I got it right. The next audition. <laughs> like I'm in the room with them. Like I, I get it. I get it. I understand, but I'm not at that point in my career no more. I don't need to do that. Like, 
the one thing that I will say is that the more that they keep talking in the dressing room, the more that I know about the audition. And I'm just going to call my agent and be like, hey, well, guess what? I know the audition now. Go ahead and get me in for that. And then if they get me in, they get me in. If they don't, they don't. But guess what? I just heard your whole conversation and I'm not stressing about it. <laughs> that's so good. It's so funny. Do you think that that's like um? I'm trying to think. Is that like a pandemic mindset? Like, is that something that you kind of like picked up over the last like two years? Like, heck yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I kind of, I was kind of wondering that. I would say so. I would yeah. say so. I, I, uh, I guess I, I guess we'll never know if the pandemic never happened. Like, what that would actually be, and if I would have that same mindset. But I will say that I definitely have set myself up for the for getting into the rooms with that I need to be in the rooms for. Um, and there was during the pandemic and going back into auditions, I will say that I was the least bit worried because I had set myself up this whole pandemic to be able to be successful. And, the, and I, I just was like, you know what? I'm going to audition for these things. And if they come, they come. And guess what? I was going, I was turning down things. So I was like, that's that's crazy it's like that thing that i've heard like maybe a few people say this over like and it always feels so cliche of like you know it's when you're it's when you're not like dying for the opportunity that it then comes to you and it feels so frustrating to hear that in the moment i'm sure because it's like that whole control thing of like people really want to be able to control oh yeah destiny they want to control the outcome of a situation and it's like you you know you kind of just have to relinquish you have to just let it go and then, you know, it's when, you're, it's when you're not thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's you- so true. I, I mean, like, I literally went into, I've auditioned for Tina four, three times before I got the audition that to go into the show, to, like, book the show. The last audition that I had was right before I did Goddess. And then I had to make a decision. I, I would have had to make a decision. Had I booked Tina, I would have had to make a decision whether I wanted to do either of the two. When I went into that audition, I was like, I'm coming in here booking this. That was my attitude. Like, I was like, y'all have already seen me three times. Y'all know that I'm right for the show. Let me just come in here and do what I do, what I do best. Be yeah, me. Because they're not, they're not asking you to see if you're talented at that no. point. They're just seeing if you fit in the puzzle at that moment. <laughs> at that point, it's just seeing if you fit in the puzzle. And guess what? After I did that audition, I didn't book it. I didn't fit in the puzzle. Somebody, they gave it to somebody else. And guess what I said? I said, you guys, I'm not auditioning for this no more. Y'all go ahead and make y'all decision after y'all. <laughs> it's the truth. You, you, I've done the whole show for you now. No. I've done it. Like, I, y'all know what I bring. Whenever y'all are ready, then go ahead and, you know, tell, let me know that you're ready. And guess what? Two weeks later, I got a call. And they asked me. So I didn't have to audition again. I, I gave everything that I gave in that room. There's literally no nothing else that you could have seen. <laughs> Yeah, go watch the tapes. <laughs> go watch the tape again. I'm ready. Like y'all know, I'm ready. So and it's and it's great. And I and I love being a part of the show. I love being a part of it. But you know, I had to set that precedent. I had to set that standard to be like, look, whenever y'all see... ready, I'm ready. <laughs> and and they were ready. And they were ready. And you were ready, and it worked and out. And I was ready. Here we are. Here we are. It's <laughs> the Tina Turner musical. Oh my god. Do you, okay. So do you enjoy swinging? Do you, could you see yourself doing that? Um, not forever, but like, do you could you see yourself doing that more often and for more shows? 
Actually, yes, because the way that the setup is, I didn't think that I would think this at first, but the way that the setup is, it actually kind of works well with what I do as far as like my fitness thing on the side because I have some time to be able to focus on that. If I was an ensemble member in another show, I guess I would just, I would still be able to have the time because I wouldn't be as in as much rehearsal. So maybe my day would be flipped in a way. So at the end of the day, like, would I still have time? Yes. Um, but I will say that I am more, I am interested in like looking at shows where I could be more, do more principal work now because I have done ensemble work for a very long time. Um, people know me as the ensemble girl. But, you know, I just like to, I can sing too. <laughs> I can sing too. So, you know, why not explore that? Honestly, like speaking of singing in, in that show, I, it's cruel at the end of the show for you guys to put on a whole fucking concert after a three and a half mega three hour mix. show. <laughs> the mega the mix. The mega mix. I think it's probably one of the like the most cruel things I've seen on a stage in the past couple of years. It's so I haven't funny. seen it. I haven't seen it. Don't. No, don't it's spoil. literally just like a, it's just another concert. Yeah. You, you just saw a three hour show. Now they're going to do a concert for you. Mm. As and if it's, it's so easy. The energy is just. They shouldn't have that much energy at that point. The mega mix. Oh, the mega yeah, mix. Like- <laughs> I mean, it's it's. It's great because people are like out of the chairs, like we're screaming and dancing at that point. So that like is like the second wind that you get. <laughs> but also it's just like, oh man, we did just do this three hour show. Here we go. Mega mix. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mary, can we move into our lightning round? Yes, let's do it. Oh gosh, I mean, it hit me with the lightning round. No, no, I mean, no. I'm it, it, this is now the mega mix. <laughs> this is the mega mix. Oh my this goodness, this is the mega mix. You ready? Every no, time, okay. I'm every time. You know what? People always do this to me. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for the the lightning round. No, 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 no but no, it's no. not really lightning. Like you can you could take as long as you need to answer them. We're just not going to expand upon your answers. So <laughs> yeah, great. Kick us off, Mary. Uh, what is one thing in the theater industry that confuses you? One thing in the theater industry that confuses me is why I don't have access to the auditions that my agents have access to. I would like to see everything too. Why do they have, you know what I mean? Like there was even an audition that I had to be like, Hey, did y'all submit me to this? And they were like, we didn't get a breakdown. I was like, people are getting called in for this. So how come I didn't know? And they were like, I didn't know. Why is that a secret? What are three adjectives that describe your ideal working environment? Productive, loving, and uh, diverse. Um, is there something in your process that you find unique to you? I think so. I think what that would have to be my like working out and making sure that I'm staying strong. <laughs> a lot of people don't do that. And I'm like in the gym every, like four times a week and making sure that I'm meal prepping and doing all that stuff. Like if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for my fitness journey, if it wasn't for, you know, my nutrition knowledge, all of that stuff, like, I don't feel like I would feel like the same person that I did before. I feel like a completely different person. And I feel just so ready to do my show. There's nothing holding me back from my show. And there's nothing holding me back from like my energy in life. Um, And that has changed immensely since my fitness journey has been become a part of my life. What's one job in the theater industry that you would trade jobs with for one week? Probably hair, the wigs, people, because 
I want to learn how to do my hair like they learn how they know how to do hair. <laughs> it's like one thing that I just am like, oh my gosh, like I just my hair is like one dimensional. It's and I if I could learn how to put some effort into this hair, then I would be like on top of the world. But I just don't got the top. I don't got the top. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, um, okay. What is okay? What is one hobby you have outside of theater? Besides working out and yeah. going to the gym, bowling. Ooh. Mary, you know that I'm a bowler, right? No, I don't think I did. Oh my gosh, yes, that's like my favorite pastime. I love to bowl. I haven't bowled in a long time, but like my average bowl is like two fifteen. Well, who wants to put on bowling shoes anymore? <laughs> that's why you buy your own. You, yes, I have you my bring own. Your own. I have my own. Oh, ball. she's serious. I got my okay, own so shoes. she really does so like she bowling. Yeah, like, she's yeah. a bowler. Yeah, it's on another <laughs> level. Like it's it's really nerdy, but I love to bowl. That's like my favorite thing. That's fun. Oh, I want something like I want a hobby like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to go back to it. Honestly, really, when um when I heard that Broadway had a bro- Broadway bowling league yeah. before the pandemic, I was like, that's the only reason why I want to be on Broadway is because I want to be a part of the Broadway bowling league, and I have to have the Broadway credit to be a part of that. So, but now it's not even happening because of COVID. I wish it. I hope it comes back. That's my One whole day. goal. One it day. will. It will. Put it out there. Put it out there. It will I'll come start back. it up. <laughs> and our President. last question is, what is the last great piece of theater that you saw? Oh. You probably, yeah, you probably don't see anything right now. Oh, no. MJ the musical. Oh. MJ. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's the last one that I saw. Oh, and then for Color Man. Oh, Thoughts of a Color Man was really, really good. Mm. Those two right now. Those were the top of the list. But before Thoughts of a Colored Man closed, that was probably the best theater that I've seen for a very, very long time. And I really liked that show. Well, how can our listeners find you on social? What's your website? Plug it yeah. all. Hey, hey. Plug it uh, all. My social media is at Shelly West. Um, everybody's like, is it Shelly or Shelly? It's Shelly. Uh, C-H-E-L-L-E-Y West, W-E-S-T. So Shelly West. Um, and my... You can go onto my website. There's not much there, but if you want a free workout, there's some free workouts on there. That's um, and they are they are um, <laughs> they are something. Let me tell you, <laughs> there's some good ones on there. So that's you, my you YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh, www.michellewest.net. If you go there, and then um, my YouTube is like my biggest thing that I would love everybody to just go on and subscribe um, and go leave a comment or watch a video. Um, my YouTube is uh, YouTube.com/slash/michellewestimi. IMI stands for Inform, Motivate, Inspire, but we're changing that up a little bit, but it's IMI for now. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I thank mean, Mary's been, been wanting to have you on the podcast for so long, and you were just a bundle of energy and joy. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. It probably is the coffee. <laughs> the 5 p.m. coffee, now 7 p.m. But, you know, no, I appreciate y'all, and thank you so much for what you do, and thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. And if you're enjoying these conversations, we would really appreciate it if you could take a couple minutes to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Bye.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.